So tell yeah. us about the wind. All right. So the should I spoil who it is? Well, I mean, I, they're going to read the title of the episode. I, don't know. I refuse to believe that our listeners can read. All right. I'm kidding. I love you guys. Welcome to Casuals of Runeterra episode 139. I'm your host, Ryan. Here with the other host, Ed. What's up, everybody? The Casuals of Runeterra, where a count of five takes about three minutes. <laughs> it does. It takes a while. Uh, but how so Caribbean. What? Oh, yes. Yeah, so you know what? <laughs> it's not our fault. It's genetics. Damn straight. <laughs> Housekeeping up top. You can always expect it. You can listen to us everywhere. Um, we're right behind you. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com. Visit us at podcastcore.com. Remember, that's C-O-R for all of our info. Follow us on all the platforms, and then leave a like and comment wherever you're listening because we want to hear from you. But easiest way, word of mouth, tell one friend to worship the winds by listening to the Casuals of Runeterra podcast. That's right. It's your favorite air priests coming at you. And we are here to bring you a fun little episode. And if it's not clear yet, we're talking about the wind. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no physical being at all, anything like that. Just the wind. Just the wind. So tell yeah. us about the wind. All right. So the should I spoil who it is? Well, I mean, I, they're going to read the title of the episode. I, don't know. I refuse to believe that our listeners can read. All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you guys. All right. Yeah. So we're talking about Jana today. And uh, this would this was a fun episode as far as me like reading through a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Because I, you know, I'm going to be as transparent as possible. I knew very little about Jana before Same. going into this. So I, I don't even know if it's like a retcon lore or anything. Uh, so this was a fun read. And we got some fun cards to talk about. So we're going to start off with our spell here. And the spell is going to be Divine Draft, which is a Magic? slow... Magic the Gathering? Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> Divine Draft, I, I think that is... Um, what is it? Six hundred and fifty gems in arena. Fifteen hundred. Listen here, constructed oh, player. Oh god! <laughs> you say constructed player? I'm just cheap. I can't it afford that. Ten dollars. <laughs> ten dollars. There's a quote that I would finish there, but that's for another time. All right, <laughs> divine draft. It is a two mana slow speed spell. Uh, that is deal one to an enemy or the enemy nexus and one to another, uh, which I kind of like this card because it's a nice, you know, kind of fair discount to static shock, yep. uh, especially now that static shock isn't even in standard anymore. It's a good way to have that effect still in there, uh, at least with like within P and Z. But it's also fair, right? Like, it's not like you can do this at fast speed, like Static Shock. You're not drawing a card. It's just two mana, deal one and one. Two mana, two damage. Nice and fair. I'm, I'm down with yep. it. Um, and the flavor on this uh, is uh, nice because uh, it's going to kind of set the stage as far as for what Janna's lore is. Um and the, so the flavor is most Piltovans could care less about the patterns of the wind. But for many Zaun Knights, even a stray breeze smells of salvation. And 
that is setting the stage very nice because like Zahn is going to be taking kind of front and center yeah. of, of this story, despite the fact that Jana doesn't look like a you know destitute alley urchin. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes her story so good because it's it's polarizing. Because when you see Jana, you see her in game, you see like her personality and how she's presented to you. You won't expect her to not only be associated with Zahn, but associated with another place we're going to talk about before Zahn. Yes. Um, and well, we can actually kind of, you know, tip our hats over to that area when we go to our follower. Uh, and our follower for today is going to be Miriam Temple Caretaker. Uh, so Miriam Temple Caretaker is a two mana, two, three. And on the play, you have updraft one, to either draw one card or refill one of your spell mana. Um, and as for as far as for the sake of the the card itself, the updraft mechanic is important to Janna. Uh, updraft means that you select a card in your hand and you shuffle it back into your deck and reduce its cost by one mana. Um, and unlike the cowards at Wizards of the Coast, this can <laughs> be reduced down to a zero cost this way. Yeah. Um, so it, like that updraft can kind of get like really scary if you're not, you know, keeping it in check. Uh, but otherwise, like the card is awesome because yeah. it, it's straight up just, you know, eye of the dragon for for Piltover and Zaun, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to you want to play a blocker on turn two that gives you your spell mana back. No problem. Oh, you don't need the spell mana? No problem. I, I'll draw a card instead. And uh, it, choices. Um, yeah, two mana, two, three. It's great. But the quote is why we're bringing it up here mm-hmm. because the quote is a lot. All right. And convinced that she was saved by the wind spirit as a young girl, Miriam has preached Jana's virtues from her home country of Sharima all the way to Zon. Now serving as the Zon Temple Matriarch, she is dedicated to passing forward Janna's kindness to the young and downtrodden. Uh, so yeah, there's the other region that we're talking about. Like she's traveled all the way from Sharima to to Zon, preaching the word of Janna as far as you know, praying for favorable winds. So Janna is actually kind of you know like not just uh, pigeonholed into one region which is kind of neat. It's not something that I really knew going into this. So it was this was a fun bit for me to learn. Yeah, it, it's huge because it, it opens up her story a lot too, right? Because once again, you look at the character, she's an OG character as well. So there's not much on the surface, but when we get into the story, it's going to be like, oh shit, that actually plays a big role in some of the properties you like. Uh, and we'll get into that. So, uh, yep. Let's get into it, right? So the topic of this episode, Breath of Fresh Air. Uh, don't worry. It'll, it'll explain itself. It's not, it's not that simple. <laughs> okay? I put some, we put some, put some thought into it. So since ancient times, sailors prayed to the winds for good weather. This is common in a lot of fantasy. Uh, sometimes the wind would answer. And usually it's seen as like a collection of birds that are behaving in a unique way, um, flying around in certain patterns. And some sailors would claim that one of the birds would turn into a woman resembling an elf, directing the winds with her staff. And as you can tell, like if you are in Bilgewater and you go back and you tell this story, they're like, oh, you fool. But it's a bit interesting because calling someone a fool, we, we talked about this in our Nidalee episode, I believe, where yeah. like if you see something weird going on or even like uh, Nico is like, 
you're in Runeterra. These things exist. This is not like the real world where you don't see a centaur running around. <laughs> like, I mean, like we, Anything even in our world, like I've been recently going on like a lot of deep dives on the internet Uh-oh. of just like weird creatures. All right, this uh, is where and- the episode stops. Uh, no no not like that not like that you monster no no like like watching like people that are way smarter than me talking about like these weird videos uh coming up and just having like zoologists explain Mm -hmm. like you know what what it is the genus of it and why it why it looks as weird as it is yeah um and it's like you know going through that it's i I think it's like an estimate of like we only know of like 15 percent of the wildlife in the ocean Uh uh-huh okay so even in the real world if someone tells me they saw something really weird and freaky out in the middle of no man's land of the ocean i'm i'm going i'm sure i might take it with a grain of salt but i'm gonna i'm not gonna write them off completely yeah right and this is a world without magic you (laughs) you live in a world (laughs) where you're at ruination how many are we at six yeah <laughs> like uh, that all magically cost and it's like yo i saw a bird turn into a lady and she gave us some winds to come back here bro bro like it, it, you know what thanks to our book club it was probably a Vestian sailor that was saying that too <laughs> it's just like oh you're crazy get out of here all right no yeah, like, a there's a chance saying that yeah. <laughs> it's like bro you exist <laughs> so yeah so we get to the the faithful name that comes up in this these ancient times and they call her janarem or a shreeman word for guardian and naturally history progresses people mess up the word constantly like like we do, and yes. they decided to just call her Jana because it's easier, right? And for the sake of our show, we're very thankful that this happened. Yes, we are very thankful. <laughs> and the Shuriman seafaring people of Oshara Vazan, wink, wink, mm-hmm. were her most fervent believers at this time. So they raised statues and shrines and gratitude of her benevolence from this point forward. So remember, you know, we'll talk a little bit about geography. Sharima is massive because Sharima, as you have the Extali jungle, used to be a fervent ground, right? It was lush. It wasn't always a desert. And that makes sense because the whole northern side of it is on a seacoast. Yep. And the we also have like a seacoast like all the way like mm-hmm. kind of around it like it's basically like the size of a continent it would yeah. be like it's kind of like it's like africa yes. and a lot of people you know they see like the um like they see the great uh, the great desert uh, like near egypt and stuff and it's like oh africa is just a wasteland it's like no no it wouldn't be the center of life in the history as we know it if it was a wasteland you idiots all right but i i digress the as far as Zon, Zon is going to be like closest to the northeastern point of the Shuriman continent, if you think of it as a continent. Mm-hmm. And it, not only is it near that, it's on the coast. Yes. So it is like, uh, as far as with its positioning, like it makes sense that this would be where a lot of Janna's worshippers would congregate because mm-hmm. it's the shortest point between the Shuriman continent and the rest of the Valoran mainland. Yeah. So this is going to be a trade center and who cares the most about having favorable winds 
traders and guys <laughs> that go to out to sea. They care about that stuff because yep. if you're, the winds mess up, you're probably going to die out there. <laughs> exactly. So this is all good and well. And then the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> and we've talked about the Fire Nation in the specific example, the Shuriman Empire and the Ascended God Warriors. And they came along. And that meant the fall of this culture and what they deemed as false idols. And this gets us in the concept we've talked about specifically with Icathia, where in the past, and we have this in the real world as well, right? When you have imperialism happen, one of the first rules on your checklist are to destroy their history and their culture and then supplant it with your own. And that's exactly what happened. And because of this, if you've listened to like our Vola Bear episode, you start to lose if you're a demigod or a being that requires worship to power you you begin to lose that that source. Um, we don't know, though. We don't know what type of being Janna is um, at this yeah. moment. Yeah, at this moment, like, we just know of Janna as kind of like a, what we kind of associate the idea of gods in our world, mm -hmm. right? It is just a a being that is in that culture's lore that they worshipped in hopes of receiving favorable winds, kind of like how the Greeks worshipped Poseidon when they mm -hmm. would go out to sea. Yep. Um, it, it's it's kind of more like that, at least like in the writing of uh, Jana's bio at this point. Exactly. So this moves on. You know, obviously time passes. The empire falls. If you want to hear about that, there are like <laughs> dozens of hours. <laughs> Of content out there for you from us. Oh boy! So check them out. Uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. yeah, uh, and like we also get to cover the as because if you go to our Azir uh, episode, Zarath, um, any of like the ascended gods, we kind of cover that stuff. But then we also covered in like our Aatrox and Varus episodes how the Darkin kind of turned the Shuriman continent into a big old desert. Yeah. So there's a lot of content out there if you want to go through that. Yeah. So John emerges again after all this in this war and chaos that's going on to protect this city now known as Zon. And she watches this young city grow, and during its growth, because Piltover now starts to exist as well, um, the prayers of Janna began to fade because they wanted to focus on the man-made elements, right? The more modern endeavors, kind of neglecting the gods. This happens as cultures progress all the time. And then there's a cataclysmic day. Now... It's not the Runation. I know we usually, I know we don't want to bait you. <laughs> hey, you even prefaced it with cataclysmic, not Runation level. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're just a cataclysm level. <laughs> <laughs> and what happens is during the construction of a canal, because if you remember, I mean, Arcane or how Zon's represented, Piltover is above sea level, right? It's, it's the city in the clouds kind of thing. And Zon is at sea level and then below that. So they're at this point building a, uh, a canal. The specific district called uh, the River Pilt collapses and the current just takes over and rushes in. And at this moment is when people remember, oh shit, Jana, please don't let this happen to us. And she comes in like a well-funded social security system <laughs> <laughs> and saves thousands of lives. Oh, oh. man. God, had, we could only be so it. lucky. I had to. We could we could only be so lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I like this this is really cool because it um like it 
it says two things about Jana that we don't really know. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the thing number one, uh, like her demeanor and the way that she acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, is our most recent kind of demigod episode has been Volibear. Yep. Uh, Volibear would not be coming in to save people. Nope. At all. He would probably be tearing down the other side of the river Pilt as well <laughs> so that the river could flow. All right, but yep. Jana. Jonna like hears cries for help. She goes to help, mm-hmm. like without a second thought. But the other thing that it also tells us is that, um, like Jonna doesn't receive her energy necessarily in the same way, or yeah. at least like this is kind of more of a theory of mine. Uh, because with the like with our last Volibear episode, we know that like it was basically a gigantic battle that woke him up, and then a priest doing a ritual with the people dying in said battle yeah. to then wake up Volibear. And Volibear still almost didn't wake up, but it was enough to wake him up, yeah. right? Um, whereas, like, with Jana, no one's been worshipping her. Like, yeah. it was outlawed by Sharima, so everybody's just kind of been, like, keeping it on the hush-hush. It's like, you know, you have your cross necklace, but you're hiding it inside your shirt because yeah. you don't want people to know. Uh, like, that, that's what they've been doing. So it's no way, like, if it was the same way that she would have a lot of power. But she comes in like a she comes in like a full-on storm yeah. to save her followers. So it's funny. Like, she, she's got her power. <laughs> like you mentioned, the fact that it takes, in order for Volibear to wake up, a zealot has to jump into a volcano versus Jana. You just send her a text. Just send her a text message. Hit her up on <laughs> Discord. We're not sponsored yet. But like, yeah. just send her a message and she'll be there. Yeah, like you, you, you're in her DMs and yeah. she remembers you. <laughs> That's wild, <laughs> but in, true in this economy. <laughs> But that's what we go on to end the story on is they say from that day, the people never made that mistake again. They didn't want to forget her. She's now remembered in Zon for her benevolence. And they continue to pray to her openly. The most faithful, like Hetch mentioned, one of them when we talked about the follower, can be seen wearing their blue bird medallions to represent her. And it shows the reverence reverence for the wind goddess. And then Jonna continues to stand for the humble and the meek determined to never abandon Abandon them. And we've seen this, and it's crazy because the story's short, and that's where it ends um, for the bio. But the bio's pretty short, but we get two prominent representations of how she behaves as a sort of sort of uh, uh, well, my stumbling over my my uh, you, you can do it. You can do it. I believe I can in do you. It. I got this, guys. I got Jonna, this. help him. Jonna, please. <laughs> but this shows that she is humble, or not only humble herself, but she doesn't have a ego. Right, Volibear has an ego. I mean, even Orn has an ego. Yeah. These gods that have this power, we talk about the, you know, even on the Targon side of things, a lot of them have like, egos just because of how powerful they are. But she does. Cough, cough, pantheon. Cough, cough, cough pantheon. <laughs> that idiot. Imagine stumbling into your own demise. <laughs> Whoops, tripped over the stick. Oh, I'm gone. <laughs> Whoops. My hubris. My hubris. <laughs> but yeah, so let's move on to the card. Because I this also card. love what they did with her in the art in the card. Because this is a big shift from the game. Oh um, my goodness. Like the shift is ridiculous. Like the first time I saw her card art, I didn't even know it was Jana. Exactly. Um, like it was like a crazy shift, but it's such a cool card. Uh, so we have a four mana two four, mm-hmm. and on the play updraft two to draw two at the next round start. So 
That means, again, with the updraft, it means you pick two cards to shuffle back in, reduce your car, their yep. cost. But at your next turn, you're going to draw two cards. All right. And then each round, the first three times you draw a card, reduce the cost by one this round. So she, like, if she can stick for like a turn or two, you're getting ridiculous mana cost reductions of with everything, which is important because her level up is I've seen you play eight cost reduced cards. So if you've played eight cards that had their cost reduced while she's in play, that's when she flips over. And the flip side uh, is four mana, three, five with elusive. And at the round start, draw one. And when you draw a card, reduce its cost by one. So once she flips, you're drawing two cards every turn. Yeah. Sweet um, card. Just like off the static. Not only is this a sweet card, just as far as like the effects, because like everyone knows in card games that card draw and cost reduction are two of the most powerful things that mm -hmm. you can do. And this card has it, both of them on the same card. So yeah. not only is that like super strong and making it a really cool card, it is a champion, hear me out, that doesn't have quick attack. <laughs> Holy cow. We did it. And it's, it's a four mana three five when it flips. Dumpy. Dumpy. <laughs> She's got a little thing on her. She got that little thing on her. <laughs> so obviously we care about the, the flavor here. And it's pretty good because we get some perspective from... Zon Sailors, which is something we haven't had, or Zon Ocean Dwellers. Yeah, um, like we, we haven't had that in any major Riot I mean, media. The, like legitimately, every card that we've ever talked about that is referencing Zon is Kim Tech. Yep. Kim Tech, Kim Tech, Kim Tech, Kim Tech, Kim Tech, a Zonite Sailor. Holy cow, they do something other than just play with pollution. <laughs> Like we finally get to learn a lot about Zon just off yeah. the fact that it's not all Chemtech. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that'll lead into something we want to talk about after towards the end here. But the quote says, Zon is closer to Janna than pretty much anywhere else. After all, she's the one who saved the poor souls Piltover left to die. Yeah, if there's if there's answers to be had, I'll get them here. So yeah, they have a reverence, man. I mean, and the, it's really cool because like they I one of the things I love about this quote is that it also kind of like the way that it's written shows that these are like those guys are the salt of the earth still. Yeah. Right. It's not. Well, it's not like he is in like a high level of society. The just blue because he's collar not, God. Yeah. <laughs> the blue collar God. Oh, my God. She, oh, my God. Now, every time that I see her level up animation, I'm going to be like playing Kid Rock in my head. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But yeah. So then like on the flip side, the flavor there is a direct quote from Jana. And it's go no further, violate my protection and you shall see the breath torn from your lungs and your very self scattered by the winds. Uh, so, yes, Janna is still some kind of demigod, yes. right? Like if you piss her off. I mean, talk about her depiction. Oh, my goodness. OK, so Biblically accurate, accurate, by the way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the front side, the front side of the card, like the art is just absolutely like stunning. It's yeah. a completely different take on Janna. It's also like 
um, like the not just that it's a different take, but like there's so much going on in this picture. So like, it, just open it up, look at it. It's really cool. But then when we when she flips, did not expect this. I no one was expecting this. It is it, like borderline biblically accurate angel. <laughs> yeah. Like there is no there is no like elf looking Jana there anymore. There is like this bladed halo around her too. Like yeah. what's going on there? Uh, yeah, I believe that she could scatter my body across the winds <laughs> if she wanted to. When she looks like th- that, it's, right? it's super. It's very close to, and this is where we start to talk about what are her origins. Because if you've listened to our Kale episode, and soon we're gonna, it's coming. Just wait. All right. Um, <laughs> their mother, when she's in her biblically accurate form, is not too far from this. I and Food for thought. again. We, and we don't really know a lot about Jana, but we also know that like she, like like as far as like the story of her started spreading throughout Sharima, uh, like pre Empire Sharima, and Mount Targon is on the same continent. Mm-hmm. You might be onto something. Mm-hmm. And she she was willing to like sacrifice her or like you know come out of hiding to save the downtrodden. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a very just thing mm-hmm. um but you know like she traded in her sword for a staff to give the swords to kale i, I don't know about that <laughs> i don't know about that we'll see we'll see, um, we'll see. this takes us to the end here where you know hetch and i like to dig a little deeper and give riot some hints on some things they can do and what we want to discuss which we talked about before is mainly the concept of having an indigenous migration to zon during an imperialist rule and that allows jana as a concept to move with that group of people and that's a huge thing because zon origins are essentially a refugee camp right and then to grow into what it becomes and fostering the, the talent of like chemtech and all that stuff while also again under an imperialism of sorts more of an a, of a capitalist sense with piltover above it that's a very big concept but it's like the groundwork is laid and this could be something that could be brought into arcane in a very significant um, way. Yeah. And like, if they were to bring in like that kind of angle into the story writing too, yeah. it could open the doors to have like some other kind of characters show up within the arcane series. Uh, because an uh, episode we recorded not too long ago, Samira, mm-hmm. uh, Samira, her family are refugees hailing from Sharima, yeah. albeit a part of Sharima that was being taken over by Noxus, and they're refugees from the Noxian invasion. And we know that Samira ends up joining the Noxian army. But, like, who better to send into a place that, you know, is basically built by refugees and who understands their plight than a former refugee? And we already know Noxus, like, thanks to the last season of Arcane, we know that Noxus has already got some interests in what's going Military on with this hex interest. Yeah, so, you know, hey, if you went with this angle, you already got a character that you could introduce that is a popular character. Um, and this isn't just totally me wanting to see Samira animated in Arcane. Not at all. But that's that's an amazing point because Samira, where we left off with, you know, listen to our Samira episode there. It's good. And she's a good character. Um, But the growth you then open up for someone from humble beginnings, joining the army, 
in Noxus, essentially being indoctrinated, then having to go to Zaun and crossing paths with a Zaunite, that you you have room to write to your whim, right? Like you can you can write your ass off for days about that, but if you leave that on the table, then come on, you're you're missing out. So right, you know you know we. We're right here. You know where we're at. Yeah. We post uh, podcast core at gmail.com. <laughs> we'll be here all week. <laughs> but yeah, so do it. Put an arcane season three because you're going to get as many seasons as you want because Netflix needs the money. Um, <laughs> but with that, as always, thanks for sticking around. This has been a fun one. Thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Yeah, take care, everybody.